just want to welcome everybody back to another episode of Finding the One podcast. This is your host, Reese. Uh, this episode is episode five. I want to thank everybody for listening to the other four episodes. If this is your first episode here in this podcast, welcome. Uh, join the family. Love to uh, hear from you all. I have a email set up. It's called finding the one podcast at gmail.com. Finding the one podcast at gmail.com. And you definitely want to get your insight on the episodes, what you liked, what you didn't like, any negative feedback, positive feedback. Just want to get a general consensus of what you're thinking. Uh, this episode five is about baggage. Uh, and I'm not talking about the baggage that you take on a plane. I'm talking about the baggage that you enter into relationships with, how important that is to limit the baggage. You know, don't come in there with two check bags. You know, sometimes you have to just bring just a carry on, but limit the amount of baggage you bring into the next relationship, how important it is to try your best and your hardest to either wait until you can not have bring that baggage into the relationship or completely just sometimes you know the person for you comes in your life a little earlier than you're ready so just learning how to let that baggage go and be okay and receptive to finding to having that new person and that new person in your life without bringing that baggage in and how baggage previous baggage can affect a potential beautiful situation um, by being in a situation and always bringing in that baggage. So we're going to go ahead and touch on that now. Um, this is Reese again, and I'll go ahead and touch on that. Uh, so one of the points I wanted to touch on is when you've ever been in a situation, whether it be a conversation or a relationship of any kind, and people would compare and say, oh, my ex used to do this and my ex used to do that. And I think that's a huge no-no. And the reason I say that is because as the person receiving that information, you get to thinking like, okay, if your ex used to do this and that and they were so great at this and that, why are you not with them? Like you automatically, it creates a negative connotation. It automatically creates a negative outlook. It creates a negative space for that person that's receiving the message. Because they're thinking like, okay, why are you telling me about what used to transpire with you and your ex and what they did well? Because for me, I'm automatically thinking, especially if we're not at that level of comfortability and we haven't broken those barriers and we haven't had those tough conversations that every couple needs to have or every relationship needs to have first. And you're, t- you're like in the door telling me, oh yeah, my ex used to be the best at this and that. And you're sitting there like, well... You've been single for a while and you are no longer with this ex. So, I mean, if they were that great or that amazing, you wouldn't be here trying to date me or on a date with me. So, you know, first day speaking on things that your ex did or just in general speaking on things that your ex did. Those could be just mental thoughts. You don't have to quite share those. Uh, Even if you were to... Um, think about it and analyze it on your own and realize what the difference is and compare to yourself be way better than openly comparing someone to their face because people feel some way and they're like well why are you comparing me this person 
um, that touches on the next subject is no one wants to be compared. You know, no one wants to hear that, oh, man, I miss the way my ex used to cook. You know, I wish you could cook next to my ex. What positive response do you think you're going to receive when you tell someone something like that? I mean, just think about it. Think about how you're saying it. You're saying that, oh, your food is good, but my ex used to was amazing cook. I used to miss that. And you're sitting there thinking as a person that took the time out and you made this big meal and you wanted it to be special. Maybe you took the extra time to go to the store or the extra time to put the right seasoning or the extra time to figure out what their favorite dish was. And as a response, after the first bite, they say, well, this isn't quite, you know, what my ex used to do. Or, you know, it's cool, but my ex was like almost like a top chef. So... You know, and that doesn't make your spouse, that doesn't make the person you're interested in, that doesn't make this connection that you want to form and build become any more of a connection. If anything, it leaves a distaste in someone's mouth. It leaves them kind of wondering why you would say such a thing like that. For some people, it can be considered hurtful. Some people, we can consider it as disrespectful to say that uh they're crossing the line some people just that's too much for them so for you to say oh yeah my ex used to do this better you know that can be a lot for some people to digest even if it is the truth just don't state it you know um or we used to do things like this now mind you you know you're dating a different person this person doesn't know your ex This person doesn't want to know your ex. Some people want to get an understanding of your ex because they want a better understanding of you and how you process things and the things you've been through and the traumas that you've uh, had from this or how you've grown as a person from your uh, last situation. However, comma, some people really don't want to know. So when you say we used to do things like this or we used to do things like that, it kind of them makes them wonder, like, are you really completely over your ex? Because I remember a situation like that where a young lady was like, oh, yeah, me and my ex used to do it like this. And I'm thinking to myself, like, are you really over this person? Are you really OK with this person no longer being in your life? Have you got the closure that you need to seek and get? Do you feel there's something still there? Do you secretly hope that they're new relationship doesn't work out and I'm just a placeholder and you're not giving me your fair, most honest, open feelings, thoughts, and opinions and you're not giving me your all because you feel that, oh, well, you know, he, you're cool and, you know, it's just a placeholder almost. And that that's huge, you know, because that's these are the questions that someone would have if you say the statements that you state. So saying we used to do things like this or that are definitely no-nos when it comes to uh, a new relationship of any kind, you know, whether it be a new friendship or new anything. So because people don't want to hear that. I mean, I hate I hate to say it and I hate the reality of it, but people don't want to hear that. They don't want to um, receive that and they rather it be about you and them becoming us or you uh, and them or just them whatever the case it is you want to do but they don't want any part of what it was what what it once was what it could have been what it used to be 
So, um, I think the other huge thing with uh, baggage is having trust issues. Trust issues are huge. Um, when you have trust issues in a relationship uh, from past relationships, you need to go into the next relationship with an open heart and open and being open with your feelings and open with how you feel or how something makes you feel. An example would be um, when I call you and you don't respond, I feel that you're up to something. And by saying that statement there, your spouse could then or your partner could then say, why do you feel this way? And or what makes you feel this way? And it could be something that they're not necessarily doing their self, but it'd be baggage from a past relationship on, you know, to be honest, every time my spouse or partner or life partner or whatever you would like it to be entitled would not answer or not respond to me, it made me feel that I wasn't as important because I always respond to them. I always reply to them in a sense of urgency. It makes me feel that someone else has your attention, which you sometimes would have to self-reflect on yourself and see, is this some kind of um, attachment issue or abandonment issue, uh, which is even bigger than a trust issue. I mean, it plays into the trust issue, but abandonment issues and detachment issues definitely play a role into the trust issues or maybe you just legitly have been that girl or that guy who's been cheated on over and over and over and you were in a long relationship and you just kept getting cheated on and you just kept getting lied to to the point where you don't trust anything the person says so and that carried over and spilling over to your new relationship or your potential relationship of you know what, like, I know you have never gave me any reason to not trust you, and I know you've been nothing but honest and straightforward and genuine with me. However, I have these trust issues, I have these abandonment issues based on how I was raised, based on the relationships I've been in, based on some of the experiences I've had, some of the one-offs that I've had. So, this is why. And if you explain that to someone and you let them know of that, then that gives them the tools and resources that they need to make sure that you understand, look, hey, I'm not ignoring you. I happen to be busy. I have a free chance. Now I'm catching up with you to see if you're available so we can conversate about whatever it is that you wanted to talk about. And some people don't understand that when you do that, it's just communication. And by having that level of communication and level of comfortability to communicate that thing can really um, diffuse a lot of situations. So maybe the person was used to being in a relationship where as soon as the text sent, if you have an iPhone, they see the little dots going. Dots are automatically going because like. Okay, I saw your spot and I'm responding. I'm listening to respond and I'm not listening to uh, understand. So if your spouse is one of those people that listen to respond, which I can admit that I have had that uh, be a flaw of mine that I'm working on. 
And I've talked about this with my spouse on several occasions about that. And I told her, I said, you know, I apologize. I definitely want to work on that. A lot of times it comes from me working because people have a problem and I need to solve it. They don't care how I solve it. They don't want to know the methods. They just want to know, was this problem solved? Yes, no. That's all they care about. Like, that's all they want to know. That's all they care to know. So sometimes it pours over into my relationship life of, okay, did you actually understand and comprehend what I was trying to relate to you? Or were you just like, you heard one thing and you just started taking off and you automatically went into, how do I fix this mode? Or how do I recover from this? Or how do I do a, in, in, um, actual workplace how do I do a service recovery or how do I what is the meat of the conversation to what the person is trying to relate to me and how do I fix it before or right after they finish talking so then it's like okay based on what you said I've gathered this 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 and this and this is what we can do for you you know I appreciate your business I appreciate you letting me know this and I'll definitely make sure to funnel this information through the proper channels and I'll make sure this is taken care of for you uh, for the rest of your stay or I'll make sure this is taken care of for you for the next time you come out being that you're leaving us. That is the way you do it in the business situation, on the business side and the professional world. But with the actual spouse, you want to actually listen to it and learn it. And it's okay to say, hey, you know what? What you said was impactful and I like time to think about that. Like I would like time to think about that and give you an answer that I've thought of, give you an answer that I've actually taken the time out to process several times. Because sometimes you'll look at something like I know for me, I'll read a text and I'll go, okay. And then depending on the person, I know certain people in my life want to respond quickly and some of them won't mind if I say, you know what, let me think about that. And when that person is okay with me thinking about it, I can give you a more suffice, in-depth answer. Then those people are like, okay, so what we doing? Like, what we doing? Because I'm trying to figure out, like, I get off work in a couple minutes, like, what's going on? You know, and that's a different kind of rational and a different kind of thought process that goes behind that. However, you have to just know the person that you're communicating with And even if you don't know the person you communicate with, like this is somebody new after like a first date or whatever, just communicate, hey, been super busy at work. I did read your message. I want to go ahead and process that. I will reach out to you later on. Don't don't set a date and time because what will happen is you'll say today's Friday. So you'll say, oh, yeah, Friday at 4 p.m. I'll have a response for you by Friday at 4 p.m. Okay. It sounds like a good thing to do. It's honorable, but realistically, it's not realistic because you might come up and you might be doing something right now. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, four o'clock, so many hours away. I got this. I can do that. Cool. Understand. However, comma, something might happen in your life. Maybe you have to go here. You get called into work. You have to do something that you forgot that you need to get done. There's a lot of different things that can happen and transpire. And by these things happening and transpire, you slip your time and you look up and it's nine. Now it's like, whoa, what do I do now? Because I've told this person I hit, I would tell, let them know the information by four. The person on the other end is looking like, oh, 4.30, 5, 
six. It's now eight. They gave up on it. They're like, okay, whatever it is, is more important than me. Or at least do a follow-up and say, hey, I thought I could make the 4 p.m. deadline. Let me let you know later. I got some unexpected things that happened. I didn't want you to feel that I have forgot about you. I didn't want you to feel that uh, what you said is less important than what I have going on. So I wanted to reach out to you and let you know that this is something that is important and this is something that I'm still processing and I will have an answer to you by later tonight. You know, if you want to set a time on it or date on it. But, you know, for sure, communication could stop all that baggage of having those trust issues of abandonment or having those issues of um, just just not feeling connected or needing to feel connected if you just communicate, hey, super busy at work. When I get free time later, I'd love to talk to you. Simple, plain, like <coughs> the person, excuse me, the person might be not happy with the answer you gave because they rather have the answer that they're looking for and in search for, but they can't do anything but respect it. Because not only did you respect my time by saying, hey, there's no way I can make that deadline I set. It seemed realistic at first. However, comma, uh, I got a couple things going on unexpected, but I do want to reach back out to you later today and have that conversation or have that one on one. Or I really enjoyed the message that you sent me. And I feel like this is a more in person conversation, whether it be FaceTime or just actually in person. And I think we need to have that in person versus having these long paragraphs that we could easily get lost in. Uh, of communicating with each other. So a lot of times it's just learning that level of comfortability and learning that level of trust and learning that level of conversation, uh, being able to conversate and um, conversate your feelings to be able to uh, bring it all together, which is um, stop that lack of trust from a past relationship and start working on a new level of trust with a new person. So that's very interesting. Uh, I know low, low self-esteem was one that I heard was baggage that someone brought in from a past relationship. And you know what? I would have to say, if you have low self-esteem, there's two ways to work on that. With low self-esteem, Tell yourself every day you're beautiful. When you get up, you work up in that mirror, you're doing your hair, you're brushing your teeth. Say, I'm beautiful. You know, I'm unique. I'm special. Say empowering words. Say words that make you feel better as a person, that make you uh, feel the way you want to feel so you can get to that level of confidence. Second thing, date someone who thinks you're the finest thing in the world. Because there's people out here, let me tell you, there's people out here that just go, oh yeah, she cute or whatever. And then there's always a, a person out there be like, want to tell you every day, oh, you're so fine. I'm so lucky I got you. Now, obviously it's stroking your little ego, but you need your ego stroke because, you know, you have low self-esteem. Or, you know, bring that up in conversation. Hey, I know you say that you feel I'm pretty and you think it, but like, I want to hear that from you. Like, I want you to communicate that from you. I want you to generally tell me that like, it doesn't have to be every day, all day, but I want to hear those words from you because it's something that I need from this relationship. And you tell somebody that, and then they take that on and they go, Hey, 
every day telling you and and every day you don't question it because it's genuine it's not like oh you're beautiful you know you wake up you guys wake up oh you're beautiful like man girl you so fine what is your name you got a husband you got a you got a boyfriend you need a side boyfriend a, a new boyfriend what's going on you know and and women appreciate that because they just like you know it I make sure in my conversations as well to say that as well like hey did anybody you know especially with my spouse I say hey do you did someone tell you you was beautiful today and it don't matter what her answer is whether she say yes or no because I'm gonna tell her you know if don't nobody man woman don't care I'm gonna tell her because it's all about the reassurance and letting them know that and letting them know that I see you and I don't take you for granted I don't uh, discount my blessings you know you are a blessing of mine you know through this traumatic um, 2020 that we're having some people having a better year than others but overall everyone's kind of over the whole year you know I'm I'm grateful that it's November we only got one month left but everybody's kind of over this year so like you know to have something great happen or to have great things still occur in the middle of a pandemic is a blessing you know it is what it is so, um, the other topic I was going to touch on is they hurt you. Uh, why not give them an opportunity to show you different? I've heard this a lot from males and females where they're walking around and they're hurt. And what you don't understand is like hurt people hurt people. So you can't take it as a, You can't take it any other way as what I just said. So you can't be like, well, you know, this person hurt me because I'm not good enough. And it has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. It has all to do with their hurt, their self, and them seeing your pain is the way they deal with their pain. And that's sad. If you have to put someone down, belittle someone, feel let make someone feel less than for you to feel better as a person you need to really self-reflect on self-reflect on who you are as a person because that is really sad so a lot of people are nervous to get in new situations because they've been hurt in the past and it's like let that person be the person that mends your heart let that person be the person that shows you how to be loved. Let that person be the one that shows you how to be appreciated, that shows you how to build your self-esteem up and shows you that you all that in a bag of chips, the old saying that we used to say years ago. But, you know, let that be the case. Don't let people predict, don't let people determine your future based on your past. And your past being this person hurt you, this person didn't appreciate you, this person, uh, when you were the most vulnerable, used that against you and threw that back in your face. Don't do that. Allow the next person to love you, the beautiful person you are inside and out, and let you be a blessing to someone else. Because there's a lot of people that are single. A lot of people are single by choice. Most people are single by force. And when I say by force, it's because with those people, they 
like the idea of a relationship, but they don't want to put the work in. They like the idea of having a boo or being in love, but they're not interested in the work it takes. They're not interested in focusing just on that individual and focus on that bond. I tell my spouse all the time, I think our key is our base, our platform, the thing that we stand on is that we have a good connection. We have a strong bond. We loved each other as friends first. So then loving you as my spouse is easy. I already love you. You know, the difference is love love for you and in love with you. And it's not for me, it's not that hard of a transition. For some people it would be. But if I already have love for you and I consider you a family member, like this is a person that like no matter if I had got married to someone else or did something else, like this person was going to have a, 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 a big role in my life because of the impactfulness of our friendship and the impactfulness of their character and what they bring to the table and their, you know, just who they are as a person. So if I already respect you at a high level to say, you know, no matter what our situation, you're going to be a part of my life. How hard is it to, 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 to transition that over to this being your spouse? It's not that hard at all. You know, it just comes to growing up. It comes to owning your stuff, you know, and it comes to just being able to reflect and say, you know what? I dropped the ball, you know, and, and it's definitely hard. You know, I'm not going to say it's easy. I'm not going to say it's something that like is readily off. What you mean you can't apologize? You know how hard it is to apologize sometimes? You know, knowing that you're wrong because you want to apologize because one, you definitely know it's the right thing to do. But sometimes you still, you know, in your feelings like, well, this I'm going to apologize. But this made me feel well, say that. Hey, I want to apologize for the actions that I've taken in this disagreement. You know, some of the things I said was out of line. However, I do uh, out of line, period. Then you can go into saying, you know what? My feelings are, this was said, I felt this way, which made me have an alternate reaction to what you said. So it's not that I actually feel this way. It was a defense mechanism. And there might be, if you dig real deep, there might be some underlying reasons on why that is. Maybe you're not used to being listened to. Maybe you're not, you know, people always told you, which I... I absolutely love about my spouse. She doesn't mind that I'm long-winded. She's <laughs> she's owned it. She loves it. She's like, it is what it is. I, I know. And she's a listener. She's an avid listener. So she likes listening. But, you know, sometimes I got to give her a little short story. Because, you know, my story gets too long. She She's going, hey, you still here? You you with us? And she's like, oh, yeah. So, so I, I know that now. But, like, I appreciate that she's never been the kind of woman who was like, uh, you still talking? Like, I've had that conversation where it's like, you still talking? Oh, we still on that subject or this and that? And I and I share with her, honestly, and I say, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I appreciate that you listen and I appreciate that you're willing to give me feedback on it because I've been in situations where people didn't. And, and people don't understand. It's not that you want to talk a lot and just absorb the whole conversation it's the fact that you finally have that person that you're comfortable enough 
to talk to about any and everything. So you're like excited, like it's the world is full of topics that you want to, you know, um, share. And within these topics, you know, you might consider some people friends or some people, you know, where you're cordial or casual associates, but there's certain topics that you wouldn't have. There's certain deep conversations you might not feel comfortable having because then you would have to share too much of your background, which you're not ready to do with that person. But to have a spouse that, you know, doesn't judge you and you live in a judgment free kind of environment, it's a blessing because with that being said, you know and you understand that this is something that you want to be a part of and this is something that you believe in my goals and dreams and that you take it seriously so definitely definitely always appreciated that you know I knew I would have to marry someone that was a listener because I can talk enough for the two of us however you know I have to also make sure to use my two ears when it's her chance to share what she wants to share I can't cut her off you know I had to sometimes I get so excited about you know, like she'll touch on a topic. I'll be like, oh, let me, let me, let me piggyback, let me piggyback. So like now, like if I ever get that urge, I'll just mute it. Like I'll just, like if we're on the phone, I'll just mute my, mute my mic. Cause it's like, all right, like I, I can say it and I can think it and I can storm all this stuff. And then I'm still listening to her, but it doesn't throw her off. It doesn't make her feel that. And she knows, you know, when she just hears it go quiet, she knows she's like, oh, okay. You know, he wanted to make an outburst. So every time I feel like I need to do an outburst, I'll just but it's funny because by not being able to do the outburst, the conversation can continue on. And like I easily get back on track to what we're talking about because my outburst didn't change the conversation. It didn't change the dialogue in any way because it was never really an outburst. So, yeah, 100% understand that as far as um, showing someone something different and allowing them to uh give them an opportunity and if you think about it uncomfortability is the only way to create change to create growth so if you're receptive and open and if you get hurt did you learn from that hurt what can you take away from that toxic relationship what can you take away from that situation what can you take away from being or feeling the lowest you've ever felt in your life with this individual. like, And now you went from the lowest point to the highest point of your life. You've never felt better. You feel healthier. You feel more energized. You feel more enlightened. You feel more in one and more in peace and instilled with yourself. Look at that transition on how a year or two years, for example, could transition from the lowest part of your life to the highest part of your life and what changed obviously you removed that cancerous thing out of your relationship and you didn't bring it into your next relationship but also you grew as a person you learned as a person you stood up for yourself you recognized hey you know what i realized when i was in that toxic relationship maybe i like to draw and i didn't draw as much as i used to and I stopped drawing. And now that I'm no longer in that cancer, I want to pick up drawing again. I want to pick up reading again. I want to pick up hiking or, or any whatever your activity is that made you you or was your happy place or your comfort. This is something that you used to do before you were in a toxic relationship. And now it's like it just became uh, 
something that it was what you once did and now you pick it back up and you remember how much you loved it and how much it uh, really helped you with um, just having a mental health day episode four mental health uh, mental health and it's very interesting on how that goes and I think the final topic to wrap up baggage because it's been very interesting I've got a lot of great feedback from people on this is knowing your self-worth knowing your self-worth and I say that because if you go into a relationship of any kind and you don't have your set morals or values or ideologies in mind before you go in, that's how you wind up in a toxic relationship. Just think about it. A lot of times when you're in a toxic relationship, it may have started from because you guys got together when you were young. And when you're young, you're more impressionable. You're more willing to do things, say things, act on things that you didn't do before. Or it can it doesn't have to always be young. Another situation I've heard could be when you were maybe you just lost a loved one and you're a widower, you're lonely, you're desperate, you just earn an urge for companionship of any kind. Doesn't even have to be sexual, doesn't have to be anything, but you just miss having someone that stimulates your mind. You miss having someone that hold you at night. You miss having that. So you overlooked a lot of the red flags, episode one, um, that you usually would, or the negotiables and non-negotiable, episode two, uh, that you would have usually had before in the past or stood for in the past, but this person serves a temporary satisfaction of being available, being there, having someone to text, having someone to send pictures to, having that person to just vibrate your energy off of because it's been so long. Maybe your spouse passed a while ago. Maybe you lost them years ago and you never got over it. Maybe you're a new widow or maybe you're newly out of a relationship of someone that passed away. That can also make somebody, uh, allow somebody to go along with somebody that's more impressionable. Someone comes in and they seem like this knight in shining armor and, oh, you know, I'm here for you and support you and all that to help you get through all this when the underlining thing was the whole time they were trying to get any kind of leg up or advantage that they could. And then you look up six months, nine months from here and you may be one of your negotiables, or not, I mean non-negotiables, sorry, was a spouse who worked. You look up six months later, you this person's been staying with you. Rent fee, rent free, doesn't work, just sitting around, laying around, waiting for you to come back home. And you're wondering how you got into this space. And you got into this space is because sometimes when you're vulnerable or sometimes when you're young, you make these decisions not knowingly the the sorry, not knowing what can transpire from these decisions that you made. And with these decisions that you're making, 
there's a lot of times where you can go, hey, I don't understand how I got here. And you start reflecting with yourself and you're like, wow. For example, I remember a young lady saying, I won't say her name, but a young lady was saying, you know, I can't believe I got an abusive relationship. Like I, I saw it growing up. I completely didn't condone it. I didn't understand it. And I just don't know how it happened. And so she was kind of talking it through. And it seemed like he won her over, affectionate, very, very formal. They like to play. And it all started when I said pause. It started when you started play fighting. Because if you allow it during play fighting or you allow play fighting at all, that can significantly grow over time because you know first we oh i'm hitting you with a pillow next oh i'm just hitting you on your leg or then i'm hitting you in your stomach and then soon i'm getting anger and i'm hitting you in your face but he doesn't really mean it he's just playing we've always played like that we play like that since we first started but there's a pattern because every time it's getting worse. Like at first it was just, oh, we just be playing around, you know, and then it gets more and more and more aggressive, you know, and then it becomes, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt you and hit you in places where it can't be seen or readily known. So then the outside world would know that your rib cage is broken or your, your side is all broken up or burnt up or your legs are beat up or your back is all torn. You know, there's a lot of things that you wouldn't know from the outside looking in. And if they weren't comfortable enough to share that, you wouldn't know. And episode three, physical abuse versus uh, verbal abuse, uh, mental abuse, I'm sorry. Uh, With that being said, that's a real thing. So knowing your own self-worth and like just nipping it in the bud right then and there is how you stop that. Soon as somebody even go to raise their hand, hey, I don't condone that. I don't allow that. You will never hit me. I'm letting you know now. I don't even like playing like that. You say that, whether you're a man, woman, whatever, you say that and you say it just like that and you're firm and you're adamant and you don't waver. If they still continue to try you, then it's time for you to step away. Because I've told you, it's a difference as if I didn't tell you, I never communicated that. You were in the action of even pretending to hit me. I said, hey, I'm not tolerating that. I don't condone that. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in domestic relationships, uh, domestic abuse in relationship. So, um... If that's what you're into, I'm not for you, and I'd be happy to walk away. Now you're not so invested. You're not so head over heels of this person. You're not so any of that because you're like, hey, I told you, I checked you on it, and this is where we're going from here. Now, if they continue to proceed with it, even though you checked them on it, now the ball's in your court to leave it alone. Or if you want to give them a second chance, which I wouldn't suggest, is bring it up again and say, hey, please don't hit me like this or like that and let it like that because it can spiral 
you know, especially if it's not in good fun and you guys aren't, and it's done with the evil intent. Like, it's not like, you know, you guys are, um, whatever the example is, everybody's situation is different. So I'm not going to get spiral into that, but just want to say definitely, uh, hope this, uh, episode on baggage helped you. Um, it's definitely key not bringing in baggage in new situations, new relationships, Uh, You definitely never want to do that. You never want to have that be a part of you. And you never want to have that be a part of your new relationship. You know, once you have exited a toxic relationship, give yourself time to heal and cleanse. If you run across somebody that's special and you think that they could be have a potential of being the one, just let them know, hey, I went through a really tough situation Let's be friends for a little while, get to know each other because I'm not done healing and I don't want to step to you or I don't want to be a part of your life until I'm fully healed myself or at least feel I'm more healed enough to be open to loving again. And I saw an Instagram post. I thought it was great. I loved it 100%. It was saying that she's single and she's still turning you down. And the reasons why is she's waiting on something special. So shout out to my spouse. She said that to me and I was all giddy like a schoolgirl. I was like, you know, you got something special. You lucky. You actually blessed. But, you know, I let you slide with something special. You know, so it was definitely uh, funny. It was definitely a funny post. And it was it's just so funny because that's how our situation was. I mean. That person doesn't know anything about us. And that's that was her to a T. Like she was single and busy and doing a hundred things and work and school and all this stuff. And she was like, as soon as I said, hey, you want to be our girlfriend? She was like, let's do it. You know, there was no hesitation. She still had the same stuff on her plate that she had on her plate. You know, then or maybe a couple weeks ago or whenever the last time a guy tried to talk to her. But she had all that same stuff on her plate, but when I told her, let's do this, and I was confident, and I let her know, like, this is what we're doing, this is where we're going, this is where I see you, and I told her straight up, you will be my girlfriend, and you will eventually be my wife, and I was adamant on it, and I was confident, and I didn't waver at all, and I've shown her in every step in the way that this is what we're doing, and she believes me 100%. She trusts me to lead it. And she trusts me to be able to manifest whatever it is that I want to manifest for me and us. So till next time, episode six is about losing yourself. I appreciate everyone that tuned in to the Finding the One podcast. It's always great hearing your feedback. It's always great uh, to learn from you all. I just want to say Stay open-minded, stay knowledgeable on everything. Like the key to life is being a jack of all trades and being able to learn from different situations no matter the situation you're put in. You know, there's nothing that the man above is going to put on you that you can't handle, whether that be good or bad. Sometimes people go, oh, how could this be? This is so terrible. This is the worst thing that could have possibly happened. And then at the end of that situation, once you wavered that storm, you realize, hey, you know, this, this is something that I can manage. And this is something that I was able to not only conquer, 
but be successful at and learned a lot. And the end goal is I'm a better version of myself. I'm a lot more assertive, a lot more aggressive, a lot more uh, um, sure in myself. So overall, I just want to say thank you all. It's been great. Uh, It's always a pleasure. Uh, And tune in next week, uh, Finding the One podcast. I am your host, Reese. That's the end of episode five on baggage. Uh, Final thing is if you definitely want to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Finding the one podcast at gmail.com. Finding the one podcast at gmail.com. All right, you all, you stay blessed and stay safe. I hope send prayers out for your view and all your family through this pandemic. Some people are really struggling with it. Some people are coasting through it like it doesn't exist. So whatever side of the fence or border you on, I still want to send out blessings to you and yours. And I really hope that everything is um, going well. And I hope that you have prominent things happen and wonderful things happen your way as far as things that you didn't even expect to come and they come your way. So you have a great day.